0: Chapter 7, verses 29 through 50. Of Catina Aria, Gospel of St. Luke, Part 1, by St. Thomas Aquinas. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Verses 29 through 35. And all the people that heard him, and the publicans justified God, being baptized with the baptism of John. But the Pharisees and lawyers rejected the counsel of God against themselves, being not baptized of him. And the Lord said, Whereunto then shall I liken the men of this generation? And to what are they like? They are like unto children sitting in the marketplace, and calling one to another, and saying, We have piped unto you, and ye have not danced. We have mourned to you, and ye have not wept. For John the Baptist came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and ye say, He hath a devil. The Son of Man is come eating and drinking. And ye say, Behold, a gluttonous man and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified of all her children. Chrysostom. Having declared the praises of John, he next exposes the great fruit of the Pharisees and lawyers, who would not after the publicans receive the baptism of John. Hence it is said, And all the people that heard him, and the publicans justified God. Ambrose. God is justified by baptism, wherein men justify themselves confessing their sins. But he that sins and confesses his sin unto God justifies God, submitting himself to him who overcometh, and hoping for grace from him. God, therefore, is justified by baptism, in which there is confession and pardon of sin. Eusebius, because also they believed they justified God, For he appeared just to them in all that he did. But the disobedient conduct of the Pharisees, and not receiving John, accorded not with the words of the prophet, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest. Hence it follows, but the Pharisees and lawyers rejected the counsel of God, etc. B. These words were spoken either in the person of the evangelist, or as some think, of the Saviour. But when he says against themselves, he means that He who rejects the grace of God does it against himself, or they are blamed as foolish and ungrateful for being unwilling to receive the counsel of God sent to themselves. The counsel then is of God because he ordained salvation by the passion and death of Christ, which the Pharisees and lawyers despised. Ambrose, let us not then despise, as the Pharisees did, the counsel of God, which is in the baptism of John, that is, the counsel which the angel of great counsel searches out. No one despises the counsel of man. Who then shall reject the counsel of God? Cyril, there was a certain play among the Jewish children of this kind. A company of boys were collected together, who, mocking the sudden changes in the affairs of this life, some of them sang, some mourned, but the mourners did not rejoice with those that rejoiced. Nor did those who rejoiced fall in with those that wept. They then rebuked each other in turn with the charge of want of sympathy, that such were the feelings of the Jewish people and the rulers. Christ implied in the following words, spoken in the person of Christ. Whereunto then shall I liken the men of this generation? And to what are they like? They are like to children sitting in the marketplace. Bede. The Jewish generation is compared to children, because formerly they had prophets for their teachers, of whom it is said, out of the mouths of babes and sucklings hast thou perfected praise. Ambrose, but the prophets sung, repeating in spiritual strains their oracles of the common salvation. They wept, soothing with mournful dirges the hard hearts of the Jews. The songs were not sung in the marketplace, nor in the streets, but in Jerusalem, For that is the Lord's forum, in which the laws of his heavenly precepts are framed. Gregory of Nyssa By singing and lamentation are nothing else but the breaking forth, the one indeed of joy, the other of sorrow. Now at the sound of a tune played upon a musical instrument, man, by the concord beating of his feet and motion of his body, portrays his inward feelings. Hence he says, We have sung, and ye have not danced. We have mourned to you, and ye have not wept. Augustine. Now these words have reference to John in Christ, when he says, We have mourned, and ye have not wept. This is an allusion to John, whose abstinence from meat and drink signified penitential sorrow, and hence he adds an explanation, For John came neither eating bread nor drinking wine, and ye say he hath a devil. Cyril. They take upon themselves to slander a man worthy of all admiration. They say that he who mortifies the law of sin, which is in his members, hath the devil. Augustine, but his words we have piped unto you, and ye have not danced, refer to the Lord himself, who by using meats and drinks, as others did, represented the joy of his kingdom. Hence it follows, the Son of Man came eating and drinking, etc. Titbost. For Christ would not abstain from this food, lest he should give a handle to heretics, who say that the creatures of God are bad, and blame flesh and wine. But where could they point out the Lord as gluttonous? For Christ is found everywhere as repressing excess, and leading men to temperance. But he is with publicans and sinners. Hence they said against him, he is a friend of publicans and sinners. Although he could in no wise fall into sin. But on the contrary, was to them the cause of salvation. For the sun is not polluted through sending its rays over all the earth, and frequently falling upon unclean bodies. Neither will the sun of righteousness be hurt by associating with the bad. But let no one attempt to place his own condition on a level with Christ's greatness. But let each considering his own infirmity avoid having dealing with such men, for evil communications corrupt good manners. It follows, and wisdom is justified of all her children. Ambrose. The Son of God is wisdom by nature, not by growth, which is justified by baptism, when it is not rejected through obstinacy, but through righteousness is acknowledged the gift of God. Here and then is the justification of God, if he seems to transfer his gifts not to the unworthy and guilty, but to those who are through baptism holy and just. Chrysostom. By the children of wisdom he means the wise, for scripture is accustomed to indicate the bad rather by their sin than their name, but to call the children the good of the virtue which characterizes them. Ambrose. He well says of all, for justice is reserved for all, that the faithful may be taken up, the unbelievers cast out. Augustine. Or when he says, wisdom is justified of all her children, He shows that the children of wisdom understand that righteousness consists neither in abstaining from nor eating food, but in patiently enduring want, for not the use of such things, but the coveting after them must be blamed. Only let a man adapt himself to the kind of food of those with whom he lives. Verses 36 through 50. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meat. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, and stood at his feet behind him weeping, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors, the one owed five hundred pence and the other fifty. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him the most? Simon answered and said, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman, and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house. Thou givest me no water for my feet. But she hath washed my feet with tears, and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman since the time I came in hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, Her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at me with him began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, Thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. Bede, having said just before that the people that heard him justified God being baptized with the baptism of John, the same evangelist builds up indeed what he had proposed in word, namely wisdom justified by the righteous, and the penitent saying, and one of the Pharisees desired to see him, etc., Gregory of Nyssa this account is full of precious instruction. For there are very many who justify themselves, being puffed up with the dreamings of an idle fancy, who before the time of judgment comes, separate themselves as lambs from the herds, not willing even to join in eating with the many, and hardly with those who go not to extremes, but keep the middle path of life. St. Luke, the physician of souls rather than of bodies, Represents, therefore, our Lord and Savior most mercifully visiting others. As it follows, and he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet. Not that he should share any of his faults, but might impart somewhat of his own righteousness. Cyril, the woman of corrupt life, but testifying her faithful affection, comes to Christ as having power to release her from every fault and to grant her pardon for the crimes she had committed. For it follows, and behold a woman in the city, which was a sinner, brought an alabaster box of ointment. bead. Alabaster is a kind of white marble tinged with various colors, which is generally used for vessels holding ointment, because it is said to be the best for preserving the ointment sweet. Gregory. For this woman, beholding the spots of her shame, ran to wash them at the fountain of mercy, and blush not at seeing the guests, for since she was courageously ashamed of herself within, she thought there was nothing which could shame her from without. Observe with what sorrow she is wrought, who was not ashamed to weep even in the midst of a feast. Gregory of Nisau, But to mark her own unworthiness, she stands behind with downcast eyes, and with her hair thrown about embraces his feet, and washing them with her tears betokened a mind distressed at her state and imploring pardon. For it follows, and standing behind, she began to wash his feet with her tears. Gregory, for her eyes, which once coveted after earthly things, she was now wearing out with penitential weeping. She once displayed her hair for the setting off of her face. She now wiped her tears with her hair. As it follows, and she wiped them with the hairs of her head. She once uttered proud things with her mouth, but kissing the feet of the Lord, she impressed her lips on the footsteps of her Redeemer. She once used ointment for the perfume of her body. What she had unworthily applied to herself, she now laudably offered to God. As it follows, and she anointed with ointment as many enjoyments as she had in herself. So many offerings did she devise out of herself she converts the number of her faults into the same number of virtues, that as much of her might wholly serve God in true penance as had despised God in her sin. Chrysostom. Thus the harlot became then more honorable than the virgins, for no sooner was she inflamed with penance than she burst forth in love for God. And these things indeed, which have been spoken of, were done outwardly. But those which her mind pondered within itself were much more fervent. God alone beheld them. Gregory. But the Pharisee, beholding these things, despises them, and finds fault, not only with the woman who was a sinner, but with the Lord who received her. As it follows. Now when the Pharisee who had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman This is which toucheth him. We see the Pharisee really proud in himself and hypocritically righteous, blaming the sick woman for her sickness, the physician for his aid. The woman surely, if she had come to the feet of the Pharisee, would have departed with the heel lifted up against her, for he would have thought that he was polluted by another sin, not having sufficient of his own real righteousness to fill him. So also some gifted with the priest's office, if perchance they have done any just thing outwardly or slightly, forthwith despise those who are put under them, and look with disdain on sinners who are of the people. But when we behold sinners, we must first bewail ourselves for their calamity, since we perhaps have had and are certainly liable to a similar fall. But it is necessary that we should Carefully distinguish, for we are bound to make a distinction in vices, but to have compassion on nature. For if we must punish the sinner, we must cherish a brother. But when by penance he has himself punished his own deed, our brother is no more a sinner, for he punished in himself what divine justice condemned. The physician was between two sick persons, but the one preserved her faculties, In the fever, the other lost his mental perception, for she wept at what she had done, but the Pharisee, elated with a false sense of righteousness, overrated the vigor of his own health. Titbost. But the Lord, not hearing his words, but perceiving his thoughts, showed himself to be the Lord of the prophets. As it follows, And Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have something to say unto thee. Gloss. And this indeed he spake in answer to his thoughts. And the Pharisee was made more attentive by these words of our Lord. As it is said, And he saith, Master, say on. Gregory, a parable concerning two debtors is opposed to him, of whom the one owed more, the other less. As it follows, There was a certain creditor which had two debtors, etc. Titbost, as if he said, nor art thou without debts. What then, if thou art involved in fewer debts, boast not thyself, for thou art still in need of pardon. Then he goes on to speak of pardon, and when they had nothing to pay, he freely forgave them both. Gloss, for no one can of himself escape the debt of sin, but only by obtaining pardon through the grace of God. Gregory, but both debtors being forgiven, the Pharisee is asked, which most love the forgiver of debts? For it follows, Who then will love him most? To which he at once answers, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. And here we must remark that while the Pharisee is convicted upon his own grounds, the bad man carries the rope by which he will be bound. As it follows, but he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. The good deeds of the sinful woman are enumerated to him, and the evils of the pretended righteousness, as it follows. And he turned to the woman, and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thy house. Thou givest me no water for my feet, but she hath washed my feet with her tears. Titbost, As if he said, To provide water is easy. To pour forth tears is not easy. Thou hast not provided even what was at hand. She hath poured forth what was not at hand. For washing my feet with her tears, she washed away her own stains. She wiped them with her hair, that she might draw to herself the sacred moisture, and by that by which she once enticed youth to sin, might now attract to herself holiness. Chrysostom But as after the breaking of a violent storm there comes a calm, so when the tears have burst forth, there is peace, and gloomy thoughts vanish. And as by water and the Spirit, so by tears and confession we are again made clean. it follows, Wherefore I say unto you, Her sins which are many are forgiven, for she loveth much. For those who have violently plunged into evil will in time also eagerly follow after good, being conscious of what debts they have made themselves responsible. Gregory, the more then the heart of the sinner is burnt up by the great fire of charity, So much more is the rust of sin consumed. Titbost. But it more frequently happens that he who has sinned much is purified by confession, but he who has sinned little refuses from pride to come to be healed thereby. Hence it follows, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. Chrysostom, We have need, then, of a fervent spirit, for nothing hinders a man from becoming great. Let then no sinner despair, no virtuous man fall asleep. Neither let the one be self-confident, for often the harlot shall go before him, nor the other distrustful, that he may even surpass the foremost. Hence it is also here added, that he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven thee. Gregory, behold, she who had come sick to the physician was healed, and because of her safety others are still sick. For it follows, and they that sat at meat began to say within themselves, Who is this that forgiveth sins also? But the heavenly physician regards not those sick, whom he sees to be made still worse by his remedy. But her whom he had healed he encourages by making mention of her own piety. As it follows, and he said unto the woman, Thy faith hath made thee whole. For in truth she doubted not that she would receive what she sought for. Theophilact, but after having forgiven her sins, she stops not at the forgiveness of sins, but adds good works as follows. Go in peace, i.e. in righteousness, for righteousness is the reconciliation of man to God, as sin is the enmity between God and man. As if he said, do all things which lead you to the peace of God. Ambrose, now in this place many seem to be perplexed with the question, whether the evangelists do not appear to have differed concerning the faith. Greek Expositor For since the four evangelists relate that Christ was anointed with ointment by a woman, I think that there were three women, differing according to the quality of each, their mode of action, and the difference of times. John, for example, relates that Mary, the sister of Lazarus, six days before the Passover, anointed the feet of Jesus in her own house, but Matthew, after that, the Lord had said, You know that after two days will be the Passover, adds that in Bethany, at the house of Simon the leper, a woman poured ointment upon the head of our Lord, but did not anoint his feet as Mary. Mark also says the same as Matthew, but Luke gives the account, not near the time of the Passover, but in the middle of the Gospel. Persostom explains it, that there were two different women, one indeed who is described in John, another who is mentioned by the three. Ambrose Matthew has introduced this woman as pouring ointment upon the head of Christ, and was therefore unwilling to call her a sinner. For the sinner, according to Luke, poured ointment upon the feet of Christ. She cannot then be the same, lest the evangelists should seem to be at variance with one another. The difficulty may be also solved by the difference of merit and of time, so that the former woman may have been yet a sinner, the latter now more perfect. Augustine, for I think we must understand that the same Mary did this twice, once indeed as Luke has related, when at first coming with humility and weeping, she was thought worthy to receive forgiveness of sins. Hence John, when he began to speak of the resurrection of Lazarus, before he came to Bethany, says, But it was Mary who anointed our Lord with ointment, and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Mary, therefore, had already done this. But what she again did in Bethany is another occurrence which belongs not to the relation of Luke, but is equally told by the other three. Gregory. Now in a mystical sense, the Pharisee, presuming upon his pretended righteousness, is the Jewish people, the woman who was a sinner, but who came and wept at our Lord's feet, Represents the conversion of the Gentiles. Ambrose, or the leper is the prince of this world. The house of Simon the leper is the earth. The Lord therefore descended from the higher parts to this earth. For this woman could not have been healed, who bears the figure of a soul or the church, had not Christ come upon earth. But rightly does she receive the figure of a sinner. For Christ also took the form of a sinner. If then thou makest thy soul approach in faith to God, it is not with foul and shameful sins, but piously obeying the word of God, and in the confidence of unspotted purity, ascends to the very head of Christ. But the head of Christ is God. But let him who holds not the head of Christ hold the feet, the sinner at the feet, the just at the head. Nevertheless, she also who sinned has ointment. Gregory. What else is expressed by the ointment but the sweet savor of a good report? If then we do good works, by which we may sprinkle the church with the sweet odor of a good report, what else do we but pour ointment upon the body of our Lord? But the woman stood by his feet, for we stood over against the feet of the Lord, when yet in our sins we resisted his ways. But if we are converted from our sins to true repentance, we will now again stand by his feet." For we follow his footsteps, whom we before opposed. Ambrose, bring thou also repentance after sin. Wherever thou hearest the name of Christ, speed thither, into whatever house thou knowest that Jesus has entered, thither hasten. When thou findest wisdom, when thou findest justice sitting in any inner chamber, run to its feet, that is, seek even the lowest part of wisdom. Confess thy sins with tears, Perhaps Christ washed not his own feet, that we might wash them with our tears. Blessed tears, which cannot only wash away our own sin, but also water the footsteps of the heavenly word, that his goings may abound in us. Blessed tears, in which there is not only the redemption of sinners, but the refreshing of the righteous. Gregory, for we water the feet of our Lord with tears, if we are moved with compassion to any even the lowest members of our Lord. We wipe our Lord's feet with our hair when we show pity to his saints with whom we suffer in love by the sacrifice of those things with which we abound. Ambrose, throw about thy hair, scatter before him all the graces of thy body. The hair is not to be despised which can wash the feet of Christ. Gregory, the woman kisses the feet which she had wiped. This also we fully do when we ardently love those whom we maintain by our bounty. But the feet also may be understood the mystery itself of the Incarnation. We then kiss the feet of the Redeemer when we love with our whole heart the mystery of the Incarnation. We anoint the feet with ointment when we proclaim the power of his humanity with the good tidings of holy eloquence. But this also the Pharisees sees and grudges. For when the Jewish people perceive that the Gentiles preach God, it consumes away by its own malice. But the Pharisee is thus repulsed, that as it were through him that false people might be made manifest. For in truth, that unbelieving people never offered to God those things which were without them. But the Gentiles being converted poured forth not only their substance, but their blood. Hence he says to the Pharisee, Thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears. For water is without us, the moisture of tears is within us. That unfaithful people also give no kiss to the Lord, for it was unwilling to embrace him from love whom it obeyed from fear. For the kiss is the sign of love, but the Gentiles being called, cease not to kiss the feet of their Redeemer, for they ever breathe in his love. Ambrose, but she is of no slight merit of whom it is said, from the time that she entered, has not ceased to kiss my feet, so that she knew not to speak aught but wisdom, to love aught but justice, to touch aught but wisdom, to love aught but justice, to touch aught but chastity, to kiss aught but modesty. Gregory. But it is said to the Pharisee, My head with oil thou didst not anoint. For the very power even of divinity, on which the Jewish people profess to believe, he neglects to celebrate with due praise. But she hath anointed my feet with ointment. For while the Gentile people believed the mystery of his incarnation, it proclaimed also its lowest powers with the highest praise. Ambrose Blessed is he even who can anoint with oil the feet of Christ, but more blessed is he who anoints with ointment, for the essence of many flowers blended into one, scatters the sweets of various odors, and perhaps no other than the church alone can bring that ointment which has innumerable flowers of different perfumes, and therefore no one can love so much as she who loves in many individuals. But in the Pharisee's house, that is, in the house of the law and the prophets, not the Pharisee, but the church is justified. For the Pharisee believed not, the church believed. The law has no mystery by which secret faults are cleansed, and therefore that which is wanting in the law is made up in the gospel. But the two debtors are the two nations who are responsible for payment to the usurer of the heavenly treasury. But we do not owe this usury material money, but the balance of our good deeds, the coin of our virtues, the merits of which are esteemed by the weight of sorrow, the stamp of righteousness, the sound of confession. But that denarius is of no slight value on which the image of the king is found. Woe to me if I shall not have what I received. Or, because there is hardly any one who can pay the whole debt to the usurer, woe to me if I shall not seek the debt to be forgiven me. But what nation is it that owes most, if not we to whom most is lent? To them were entrusted the oracles of God, to us is entrusted the virgin's offspring, Emmanuel, i.e., God with us, the cross of our Lord, his death, his resurrection, It cannot then be doubted that he owes most who receives most. Among men he perhaps offends most who is most in debt. By the mercy of the Lord the case is reversed, so that he loves most who owes most. If so be it that he obtains grace. And therefore, since there is nothing which can worthily return to the Lord, woe be to me also if I shall not have loved. Let us then offer our love for the debt, for he loves most to whom most is given. End of chapter 7